Hey, before we start, we have a sponsor. Buy cool movie t-shirts and mugs at a great price. Busted Tees has the greatest selection of cool shirts, so check those out at proudlyresents.com slash shirts. Got to kind of make my own t-shirt store, so I hope you like it. Browse, look for stuff, give me some feedback. Proudlyresents.com slash shirts. Wear a shirt. Be presentable. Be a human. Okay, welcome to Proudly Resents. I'm your host, Adam Spiegelman. Today, I'm talking to podcaster Aaron Roden. For the past six years, Aaron was the host of his own show, Air Raid, super cool music interview show out of Seattle. I know him because of the Facebook group, the Independent Podcast Alliance, a group for people who do shows out of their kitchens and basements. He recently posted that he was stopping his show, and I was bummed, and I asked him to come on and talk about why he decided to stop. And so this has nothing to do with movies, but I think it's pretty interesting. Now, in the past five or six years, I've been doing this show. My life has also changed like his. It makes it harder to do spend time on the show. So I've thought about ending it. So that's why there's been long stretches. I'm trying to figure it out and make it work. But um, still more episodes in me before I pack it up and actually talk to my daughter. You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you. Well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazel. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't test on hospitality. Where are you recording from? What, what room in the house are you recording? Well, I have a uh, studio space in my backyard, and um, it's a detached building, and it's the perfect spot to get away from everybody in the house and uh, and chat with complete strangers. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, Adam Spiegelman, Aaron, how long have you done your show, Air Raid? Uh, it was uh, six years. I was doing it for six years until uh, until I pulled the plug on it recently. So what made you pull the plug on it? Um, my wife had come down with a, uh, a real, real serious illness. And it was becoming really, really hard to kind of juggle like kids and do, you know, take uh, be a caregiver for my wife and, and kind of have everything kind of work out, you know? Um, and so like one part that and one part, you know, like keeping it up and doing the booking and and everything like that because my show was, was guest based um and kind of lining everything up with like you know uh, musicians and and comedians and actors and writers and stuff when they're on tour like is really really tough and uh which i'm sure you are keenly aware of um so it was it was uh, you know part that too it was is just becoming it was not becoming, uh, being fun anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that too. Right. Is it, cause you think, you think that doing guests would be a lot easier. I don't know. What, did you think that, or that's just how your show became? No, I, I mean, I, I wanted to do a guest based show from the start. That was kind of my whole, my whole thing. Uh, it started out like, uh, air raid started the idea uh, of it being like, I was just going to have friends that were doing cool shit you know, on to talk about their cool shit. And it kind of spiraled out of control when we had a couple of musicians on and a director by the name of Lynn Shelton in the early years. 
and people started listening to it and making suggestions and it kind of just turned into more of a like music based show. So talking to uh, touring musicians and, and uh, touring artists. And um, so, I mean, that's what I wanted it to be, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I didn't, I don't think I ever thought it was going to be easier doing that. I just thought like, oh, if I had one other person or two other people, right. you know, we talk about movies, you'd always have to work around that person's schedule. But finding more people, yeah, it's really becomes a pain. And then people you want too. I mean, I'm sure you get offered people who are good right. names, but you just know oh, yeah. wouldn't be yeah, good. For sure. Has for that sure. happened? And we're still, even though we're done and uh, I've kind of, I haven't put out a show for, I don't know, two months, maybe, maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, I'm still getting emails. I'm still getting uh, uh, publicists reaching out and uh, people who want to come on the show. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd get a lot of people that I, uh, you know, wouldn't really want to have on or people that I didn't think, you know, were super interesting or didn't like the music or something like that. So that would, yeah, that was kind of a common occurrence. Oh, so who were some of your best uh, guests that you had on? Like the ones that I liked the most? Sure, they came out to be the best show. Or just like the biggest names? No, 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 the best show. I, I'm sh we can talk about the biggest names, but I'd love to hear who you loved interviewing. Man, I'll tell you what. I was thinking about this the other night, uh, just kind of reminiscing about some of the great conversations that I've had. And one of them that I like, the very best was uh, one of them is Ishmael Butler, singer, uh, ra rapper for uh, this band called Shabazz Palaces here in Seattle. Used to be the guy from Diggable Planets. Oh, wow. I don't know if you remember, remember that uh, hip hop group back in the 90s, but he was fantastic. And another, uh, another really good one, which like was one that I didn't. I didn't know how it was going to go and I was kind of nervous about it because, you know, he's not like a huge name anymore. And, you know, I'm not like a huge fan of his or anything like that. But one I had a lot of fun was with uh, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, I've interviewed him for work, not for, you know, because I work on, uh, I interview people for TV shows. Uh -huh. um, I never had him on the show. Yeah, he's a right. great guest. I mean, he really is a good guest. He's a great dude and just like super down to to talk and like and really get into it you know and um he was he, it was just so much fun it was just so much fun talking to that guy uh, we've talked about this on on the show before but I, I feel like i have to bring it up if we're talking about jamie kennedy he mm -hmm. did a new year's eve special on local tv on kdoc here in la oh yeah and you can go on youtube and just get the clips of all the, the screw ups on it. It's fantastic. It's a huge mess. I mean, a lot of people will never work in this business again after this. Oh no. Oh no. That's it, so sad to hear. When was that? When did that take place? Maybe five years ago. Oh, really? I, I feel like it was yesterday. It was so great. Oh um, my God. It like, they didn't, they didn't want to pay for a stage manager. Uh huh. So, and it's a live TV show. So no one knew if they're back from a commercial cause they didn't pay someone to say you're back from the commercial. So, <laughs> A lot of times they're back and you see Jamie just talking to somebody else or they threw a drunk guy off stage <laughs> while they're trying to get back on the show. It's really great. Oh, man. And Macy Gray is on it and she's oh, a mess my God. on this show. Not, you know, who knows how yeah, she yeah, is in real life. Yeah. But, um, that sounds amazing, dude. I need, to, I need to check that out. Yeah, it, That sounds really funny. It's really awesome. And then to, to work in the business and see somebody else fail that bad makes you feel good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you like, oh, I'm doing something right in my life.
<laughs> that's at half of half of what LA runs on, right? That's like the uh, that's like the mana from heaven right now. Uh, uh, watching other people fail, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it just. <laughs> but there's an empathy. There's definitely an empathy. Like, oh, uh-huh. that's the worst thing that could happen. Like when you watch the news and they and they mess something up, you're like, ah, I feel you. That's like that's so terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I I thrive on that kind of that kind of thing as well a little bit, of course. Like making making something entertainment wise and having people consume it is kind of soul crushing, you know, uh, from time to time. And then you know, seeing seeing somebody else fail, yeah, you definitely feel like a kinship with uh, with those people. Um, But you can also say if it's like really bad, like this Jamie Kennedy thing might be. Like you can say, well, at least I didn't fuck up that bad. And and, and then that just kind of, it like, you know, it repowers you a little bit. Yeah, it makes you feel better. And I love all the stage managers afterwards when I went back to work, they're like, that's why you need, this one guy, that's why you need a stage manager. I was like, you know what, you're right. You're worth every penny. <laughs> you know, they try to get cheap. Um, right, right. And that's why The Room, if you watch that movie, The Room in oh, LA, God. it's just, all the film students just like love it because it's everything they're taught not to do is happening yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, well, that movie, I mean... There's a lot. Of, there's a lot to say about that movie, and especially about that guy Tommy Wiseau. Like he, that dude. I, I'm sure that you've seen doing a show that probably resents. You've like kind of picked apart interviews with that guy and and things of that nature. Oh uh, yeah, I've interviewed him, and you were asking like, oh, you have? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up! What was that like? Well, you were just asking me like, which do I want to, t- you know, which did I want to hear from you? The biggest names or the best interview? Like for me, yeah. that's the biggest name, but it was the worst interview. Um, oh, I'm sure you can get. You know, I still have it up. Of course, I'm going to put it up, and I've talked about it before. But he would only talk about this horrible project that he was doing for um, Machinima, where he played video, where he was kidnapped by aliens and he had to play video games. So he wouldn't answer anything about the movie because he kept trying to promote his TV show. So I kept couching everything. I would promote the TV show in every question. I would work in the name of uh-huh. his TV show, and then. And then I asked him what video games he played, and he couldn't answer that because he didn't play video games. And you, you have to watch the show. But I got him to do a shout out for our show. That was that oh, was the best man. part of it. At the end, I totally kissed his ass, and he was like, "Oh, we should talk more," which is seems like his yeah, thing. Yeah, so I've heard, definitely. So was that the was a TV show that was coming out? Like I don't know, I I saw like bits and pieces that come out like a like maybe a year ago two years ago or something like that it was a while ago it was when we started so you and i started doing podcasts around the same time oh okay yeah so it was one of my first things i got was an interview with him that was huge and then uh-huh. there was an interview with the guy who did um who claims he directed the room which is another huge interview weird and then it was all downhill um no he, <laughs> he, he was excellent he wanted to talk so he couldn't wait to to tell somebody his story <laughs> i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. He sounds well, so like the he, type of guy that would definitely be into that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because he he was in Romania shooting a movie, and he comes back to his country, and this horrible movie he worked on is now the biggest hit that he's ever worked on ever. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Oh man. So what? So you stop now, and is there now you have more time with your wife and and your kids? And I'm sorry mm-hmm. to hear. How is your wife doing? She's doing great. Yeah. Oh, good. She's uh, she's healing up, and uh, we're kind of you know just starting to get back to back to normal um whatever that normal is i i'm not really sure anymore because we do have a five and a half year old and a two and a half year old so like normal is not what 
people think of as normal in the conventional sense. Right. It's more of like, you know, think of normalcy has now been changed in my life to just somebody screaming at the top of their lungs 24-7. One, you know, one of two kids, because I have a, yeah, a two-and-a-half-year-old right. who screams. and uh, Yeah, yeah. But when she stops, there isn't a second one. Going. Yeah, see, that's it. That's what it is. It's kind of they, two of them together, they just become a perpetual motion machine, <laughs> and uh, and just fuck everything up. They just destroy, 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 and then consume, 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 destroy, destroy, scream, destroy, consume, destroy, sleep. Now you got to follow with. I love it, though. <laughs> yeah, but being a dad is it's, great. Yeah. It's, it's the greatest job in the world. It really isn't. I've no, had better jobs. No, it's I won't terrible. lie. <laughs> I used to be a lifeguard. I used to be a lifeguard in high school. That was a fucking great job. I just sat there. I sat there and job. listened to uh, really shitty music on the radio and uh, and just watched women swim all day. It was it was wonderful. I was a lifeguard at a, um, at a summer camp, so I just had kids come up to me all day and go, uh, does this hurt? And they would grab my arm. <laughs> Or they would pretend to right. drown, and I would just watch them pretend. And they would be shocked that I would be stone-faced. I wouldn't know that they weren't really drowning. They would look up while they're drowning and see me not react and be shocked. And then just swim off, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. So would you ever do the show again? Do you think about going back, or are you just oh, like yeah, the Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, totally. I, th I think so. Like, you know, the website's still there, and, and every I got still have all my equipment, and you know, everything like that. And people keep on reaching out and want to do stuff. And so I think, you know, uh, somewhere down the line, I don't know if I'm ready yet, but uh, I will somewhere down the line. I'll, you know, strike up another conversation, I think. And then we had, I well, I keep on saying we, I, I had plans to do two last shows. And um, it was kind of, um, both of them fell through. The, fir the first one was uh, Bruce Campbell, which oh that was my dream yeah i and, and i'd been working on that one for like two years uh -huh. or more more like a more like a year actually on that one and it was finally going to come through and we had a good contact and, and the people who you know book a lot of the shows here in seattle um were having them to this place called the paramount theater and they were helping me book that one and everything was looking like it was going to go smoothly and stuff and then last minute just no answer you know from his people and it just it fucking it really pissed me off because it just I'd been working on it for so long and uh, was so stoked to get to talk to Bruce that, uh, you know, it's just, I was just kind of crushed by that. And so that was going to be the second to last show. And then the last one was supposed to be with Chris Novosel of Nirvana. Wow. And that's the one that I had been working on for like two years. And um, the guy was, you know, basically just untraceable like you couldn't find any information and people who did have information on his people's people you know were very very tight-lipped about it for obvious reasons and so we had finally i had finally kind of wormed my way in uh i'm getting that kind of information which is what you do as a you know booking for shows and um it was gonna come come through and i was still you know had high hopes on that one and the kind of last minute just fell apart and didn't work out so those two last shows, I was just like, man, this is, you know, one of the main reasons why I'm stopping this. Like, I can't, I can't function at that level of just, you know, getting my hopes up and then being crushed by this each fucking week, you know? Um, so I've kind of, I've, I've lost my taste for trying to book 
for this thing uh, for the time being. So, but I, I imagine I'm starting to get the itch back a little bit. You know, I imagine that I'll get back into it and, and uh, do a couple more here at some point. Yeah. When you say, I, I just don't know. When you say, obviously, they're keeping a tight lip. Why is that? Oh, I think, I think like a guy, Chris Novoselic, probably uh, really enjoys his privacy, first of all. Um, and the only things that I've seen him do press-wise are usually very, very big press. So stuff like Rolling Stone or, uh, you know, things like that. I know, but that's what great about podcasts is like you, these people wind up doing your show and it, mm-hmm. you get better stuff you get, or you get different stuff. I don't, I don't know. It, I am shocked when I get the bigger names on this, but but it is, it is a, they, they like the interview and they, you know, it gets out there and puts them out there. Oh, sure. I don't yeah. see at this point there's a difference. I mean, obviously there's a difference, but you know what I mean? Like your interview will live online, and if I'm looking for him, I'll he, I'll pick up on it, and then he'll go from there. I, I just think it's out, once it's out there, it's out oh, there. Oh, sh- yeah, I definitely share that outlook on Um I don't think a lot of publicists do yet no <laughs> so so that's the and that's the problem right that's like that's your that's your firewall between a lot of these people and like i said i think you know for the most part what i know of of chris novoselic and just talking with mutual friends that we have like he really does like his privacy and you know doesn't do doesn't do a whole lot and uh of uh, you know press wise interview wise so i kind of understood that one and uh, with the with holidays getting closer and, and approaching, like, you know, maybe I'll reach out again and uh, and try to try to track them down again. But uh, but we'll see. Um, but also, yeah, because I work in I do when I do this professionally and someone cancels, it's just like, well, I always say, like, I'm getting paid anyway. We'll figure this out. You know, it sucks. It's unprofessional. But it mm-hmm. is kind of like a you know, kicking the nuts when you're when you do it on your own. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. And especially like, you know, there's no team of people working on this with you, with me either. So it was always kind of a struggle when somebody would cancel last minute, get something else out, you know, because once you get to a certain point with this, you want to, you want to keep on putting it out there um, and people consume it in a certain way. Like, it makes you feel like, you know, this thing is important. And if something doesn't come out, uh, people will let you know and listeners will let you know, like, and ask you questions like, where is this thing? And so it becomes a real um, enterprise, for lack of a better term, you know? Yeah, yeah. So have you heard from listeners yet? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I've I pretty much answered each email except for, you know, a, a couple of them that have been coming in around this time just because you know i'm i'm lazy but <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to you're not doing the show anymore fuck you <laughs> yeah I'm right out. right I'm out. well which is making me even lazier right yeah, but yeah. um <laughs> uh but yeah i mean uh, yeah we got tons of emails asking where the show was and stuff and so i you know tried to the best of my ability to kind of explain things and say i'm just uh i'm just taking some time off and and, uh, you know, the final two shows will still come around. It just might be later than expected. So are you still trying to get the Bruce Campbell or are you, uh, moving on Bruce Campbell? No, I haven't, I haven't reached back out on that one. I don't know, maybe, but I've been canceled on twice by that guy. Now, so when I say that, I, I mean, his people, like 
I don't think from everything that I've heard about Bruce Campbell is that he's super nice um, and super willing uh, to do a lot of things. So I think it's more his people that have canceled on me rather than uh, Bruce himself. Or that's what I like to think anyway, because I still love that dude. Yeah, yeah. It's not him. He's a good guy. It's, his people are terrible. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, it is yeah, a lot of right. times. Or, or right. they have some, and they wouldn't agree to it if he didn't want to do it, you know. Or they didn't ask him, and then he's like, I don't sure. know what that is. And that's another thing. It's like something so easy can just go away. without. I was just thinking about that. It was something I was producing and. And it was a live show, and they were going to use it on this TV show, and they never told the talent. Uh-huh. And then the last second they told him, and he's like, no, I don't want to do that. So we prepared all this stuff. Right, right. You know, and it was really just on the producers not telling their talent first or checking with Oh, him. for sure. Yeah, yeah. That happens all the yeah. time. And uh, so who would you go back and produce besides those two guys? Who do you want to interview? Um, like who would be my dream, dream get? Yeah, yeah. That would get you back. Well, that would be that would be uh, Chris Novosella. I'd been saying for a couple of years, just you know, be two friends and stuff. That if I could get that guy on, that would be the last air raid show. Like, I wouldn't feel a need to keep going, you know. Um, so that one, that one kind of especially kind of stung a little bit uh, when that fizzled out. So I'm sure that I will I will pick up the keyboard once again and start uh, start emailing my little heart out. Uh, to try to get in contact with that guy again at some point. But that that is my, like, that's the one that I want to do. Because nobody ever hears about Chris Novoselic. Like, you hear Chris Novoselic talk about Kurt Cobain. You hear Chris Novoselic talk about uh, Dave Grohl all the time. But you never hear Chris Novoselic talk about Chris Novoselic, right? Well, you apparently no, I never will. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh... <laughs> What's been some of your best ways of getting people on your show? Like best tips that work? Best tips? Um, well, I think one thing that I, always, that I always took with me was that I was always a fan of whoever came on. And if I hadn't heard of the person, I would, I would make myself a fan, you know, by consuming a lot of their music or their art or watching their movies or, or whatever. So, you know, that's, that's one thing. The other thing is, is that you got to be really professional and that, you know, it took me a little while to learn how to like, formulate the email, you know, I would go out to publicists. Like, you got to keep short, you got to keep it brief, because a lot of these people, if you're going after a bigger, a bigger name or something like that, they're most likely dealing with, you know, 100, 200 emails a day asking the same question, right? So you want to make it short, sweet, you know, explain really quickly what it is and what you're doing and what you hope to accomplish. And then maybe, you know, throw in some previous guests that you've had on the show to make it look legitimate. You know, like the thing you're doing is a real thing and these people can be found on this real thing. What do you say? You know, and be open to the one thing that I'm not, uh, that I'm not super able to do anymore is be open to really flexible schedules. And that's kind of a big thing in that too, like when you're doing a, a, a guest-based program, you got to really make sure that you can flex around the guest's schedule, you know, because they didn't always come here to the studio. Like a lot of the times what I would do is go down to the venue that they were going to be at or something like that. And we'd chat in the green room or things of that nature, which is super time consuming. But, you know, I made myself available for a lot of that and got to experience a lot of 
really great conversations that way too. Yeah, so now you can't you can't be as flexible. I mean, that was the thing we were talking about having kids. It just makes it right, right. Another thing that yeah, it makes it makes it tough, you know. But you had brought up too. I thought it was interesting, and, and I and I think about this like you were taking time away from your family to do this thing. Right. Yeah. Which is which is is not the greatest thing for a dad to do or any parent to do, <laughs> you know. And it's not like I was like making tons of money off of this either. So it was something I loved, but. It was definitely not something that my family was real benefiting from. I mean, it opened up a lot of opportunities for all of us to go and do and, and things to see and, and stuff like that. But like the payoff over, you know, not spending time with my children and playing out in the backyard, you know, oh, I got to, you know, go and, and drive in downtown Seattle and be stuck in traffic for two hours. And then when I get home from this interview, uh, basically they're getting ready for bed. So like I... You know, it just wasn't worth it for me, you know. From doing the podcast, what was the biggest benefit, perk that came out of that? Well, I got to see a lot of great shows. Um, got to meet a lot of awesome people, you know, see how, how things work, you know, backstage, which is always kind of interesting uh, to see, you know, being backstage at, at festivals and, and things like that, you know. But it uh, gave me, you know, it afforded me a lot of, uh, a lot of opportunities to to meet and socialize with a lot of, uh, you know, people that I admired for a really, really long time. And, um, you know, created opportunities with their jobs. Like I would MC certain, certain gigs and, and some music festivals, you know, television appearances and, and things of that nature and stuff. So, uh, and a, a little bit of money, um, you know, we made, we made a little bit off of, uh, the whole endeavor, but, uh, not, not too much, you know, everything that we made kind of went back into the show. But I think like the most important thing that I, that I took away from the experiences that, uh, that the podcast kind of opened up for me, um, was definitely being able to go to all these different events, you know, that normally I wouldn't necessarily be invited to or have the money to spend on them, you know? Right, yeah, and it, th that's the same here. Like, I've been able to uh, meet people that, you know, in the film world that I wouldn't mm -hmm. have, or, yeah, I mean, that's been the biggest thing, too, right, because you become the, kind of the expert. And, what was the TV appearance? What was that? Uh, it's for a television show called Band in Seattle. It's a local Seattle show. It's really actually pretty great. They do uh, a lot of the local bands here in town, do a live performance, and... Um, and kind of you almost almost like a behind the music style interview um with the bands and stuff and and talk to them about you know how things got started and all that good stuff and it's, you know it's produced very well and uh that airs on the cw uh and is also on alaska airlines uh as your free entertainment on the plane which was kind of cool like i opened we took a, a trip i don't know a few months back and like I just happened upon one of the episodes that I was on and hosting and, uh, and I tried to like, you know, in my infinite sad world, tried to make it visible on my phone so the stewardess could see like what I was watching, <laughs> you know, that it was me yeah, yeah, yeah. and 
<clears throat> she just did not give a shit about that. So no, no free drinks were had. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just kind of tilted up. But yeah. I like peanuts. Is that what you're asking me? Well, you know, I, I asked this guy from Sonic Sonic uh, a similar question. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, but that's uh, you know that's uh, that's some pretty fun stuff. I I you know at this uh, music festival, this one of the biggest music festivals here in Washington is called the uh, uh, Sasquatch music festival and a couple years back uh one of the headliners was elvis costello and um i was backstage and and just hanging out back there and and having having a few too many drinks and uh at one point it got really crowded and elvis costello started making his way through the crowd and he bumped into me and i spilled a beer like all down my pants and um you know he he swung around and and apologized profusely for it and uh at one point I was just like, you know what, man, it doesn't even matter because now I have a story for the rest of my life. Like Elvis Costello spilled a beer on me, you know, that's some, that's very, very special. It is pretty cool. Oh, he yeah. can get away with it. He must right. do that all the time. Right. He's like, ah, oh, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> puts a little check mark in his black book. <laughs> Did it Number again. 257. Right. Yeah. Now I've got Seattle. I just have three cities left. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Fuck these guys. Well, the one episode you have worst interview ever. I don't know if you oh, want to say fuck. anybody's name, but what was the worst interview? You don't have oh, to say names. Oh, it's up, man. It's uh, I, I published it. It's, uh, it is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's uh, by this uh, really quite famous honky-tonk guitar player named Junior Brown. Oh, my God, yeah. And Junior Brown is, is famous for having this... This uh, signature guitar, which is like part uh, Fender Telecaster and part lap steel guitar. So it's like got a regular electric guitar on it, and then it's got a lap steel underneath that. And um, he is just a virtuosic uh, guitar player and can play any style, you know, and super, super fast. Um, he's like the Dick Dale of the country world, pretty much, you know. Dick Dale is a famous surf surf guitar player but um but anyway so uh i lined this up i was super stoked about this because ever since i started playing guitar which was back when i was like 12 years old like i had known about junior brown right like he was he was an amazing amazing guitar player for so long and my uncle had given me uh one of his cds um back when i was just starting to play guitar he he suggested i start like learning how to play slide and so I never learned how to play slide, but um, I became a huge fan of Junior Brown. And so I was, I was very prepared because I had been preparing since I was 12, you know, with my knowledge base on this dude and his music. And when I got up to interview him, he was just a complete asshole. Like I tried to, you know, most of my interviews, like you start off with just kind of a, a friendly question maybe just a little bit small talk to kind of get the person familiar with you and, and things like that. And they can kind of jump in and do your thing. But with junior Brown, like I started off kind of on that, on that level and it just went South really quick. And to the point where at one point he was standing over me, um, two questions in, he, he was standing over me, wagging his finger at me. Like he was my father and dressing me down, telling me that, you know, uh, I've wasted his time and, and uh, it was uh, super, I was super unprofessional and was unprepared and stuff. And then he went into the bathroom in his green room and just slammed the door. 
And so I was in this green room all by myself, just like kind of packing all my shit up and, uh, and left. And it was just such a, it was a terror. I had never had something that bad happen. Um, and it was an awful experience. It was absolutely awful. Was it just him or did you say, do you think you said something? Cause I've been in that situation. What do you, what do you mean? I don't know. Like, did you, did you make a mistake? Is that what it was? Or well, was he just, that's what I tried to determine. And I had uh, one of my good friends who has done a lot of interviewing himself and did a super, super terrible interview with the band Cigarose uh, for an NPR show that he used to host in New York, Luke Burbank. So I had, I had my friend Luke on to talk about our worst interviews. And so he talked about his, his interview with, uh, with Cigarose. And I talked about mine with, uh, with Junior Brown and we aired some of it, you know, or I aired the whole, cause basically I had all of it on tape where I started with Junior Brown. So I just played the thing. It's literally only like two minutes long, but he goes from, you know, super friendly to, to bat shit in, you know, the matter of a snap of a finger. And, um, so I didn't know if I did something wrong. Like we listened back to it and, uh, and most people, the, our listeners listen back to it. And, you know, most of them said that, no, I, you know, I don't, maybe he's an addict, you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what most people said. Like maybe he's an alcoholic and he really just needed to have a drink or to shoot up in the bathroom. And he, and he had to like, think of a way to get rid of you. Like that was the one thing that made sense. <laughs> you know, to people because it was just so weird. It was so out of, yeah, it was nowhere. Yeah, we we don't officially we don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying that's it. Yeah, you don't have a podcast yeah. anymore. I would like to keep my house. <laughs> Seriously, we don't know if that's true. How dare right. you? Yeah, I never. I never had. Um, I think I have. I just blocking. I've had some interviews that were boring. Uh huh. That yeah. You had that. Do you? Did you air them? Oh yeah. The ones that, yeah. Yeah. I think there's little nuggets in there. Like, like if it's boring to you, um, and those are, the, I've found that sometimes too. Like, I, and I was actually just having a conversation with, uh, with a listener that I just met and he said that he had really enjoyed this, uh, this certain episode. And I was like, man, you know, that's really, that's good to hear because I thought that was one of my most boring episodes. Like I, I did not it really enjoy that at all. But the the person found it super interesting and and really liked it, and so it may not have been something that I, you know, had gone as planned for me, but it was just fine for somebody else. So I've always I've always kind of you know aired that kind of stuff. Yeah, that person is a narcoleptic. Let's be honest. <laughs> but yeah, I've also I've avoided some like good names like he's passed on, but like Robert Zadar, he's done so many great films, Tango and Cash, and. Uh, I yeah. was a samurai cop, but he, I watched him on the DVD extra samurai cop and it was just so like, I know he's passed on, so he, he can't kill me, but it was just <laughs> boring. And it just felt like if you want to hear what he has to say, watch the DVD extra. I don't want to use up people's time like that. Although yeah, it would have been yeah. a very cool name to say, oh, I have Robert Zadar. Sure. Sure. You know, um, I, I think it's a, it's gotta be up to you, Adam, you know, if, uh, if you're not interested in doing something like that, then yeah, don't, don't do it, man. Like, and that I made that mistake a couple times where I've, I had a couple people or a couple band on, um, because they were doing well in a certain scene. And so I was not a fan of them and I had them on 
and I think those are probably, you know, they're probably fine interviews to listen to, but like, they were no fun for me, you know, like, like I wasn't interested in it, you know? Yeah, and like, I'm yeah. sure that, that comes through a little bit at least. It's got to, yeah, it's got to come through. And then like, yeah, cause I do that, that obviously for my job that happens, you, most of the time you have people on, you know, you don't always, if you're having people on every day or two people on every day, you're not going to have everybody you've always wanted on. But again, it's professional, right. you know? Yeah. Everyone yeah. who's getting paid. So like here, we're taking our own time. It's like, you might as well do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or you think that, and I also don't want to lose it, uh, listeners when they're like, oh, they, he just had him on because he's a good name. And although the Tommy Wiseau one is just, fuck, it's fantastic because <laughs> he is... A, I didn't realize I did the interview wrong. I did like a real interview. I should have just asked him like, what's his favorite cereal and what does he do in the morning? And you know, like how do I grow my hair longer? Anything just to get him to talk. No one cares about the film. He can't, I mean, he can't talk about the film. He just can't. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, We should do it again. Oh yeah, man. This has been a lot of fun. It's actually, it's really nice to, uh, to finally talk to you in person now. Right. We've met. On, well, not in person, but, uh, but over the phone. Yeah. Uh, independent, which I've never talked about in this podcast, but the independent podcast Alliance on Facebook. Yeah. yeah it's been really helpful. Yeah. Been a lot yeah, totally. Um, I think it was, who was it that turned me onto that? I can't remember. I can't remember how I found that thing that you, that you started on Facebook, that group, but, uh, but it was, it was really, it was really cool to kind of be, you know, in, in that group, uh, early on because, you know, back, back when both you and I started like podcasts weren't synonymous, you know, with, uh, with, <laughs> with, the uh, the culture, uh, it's really kind of, you know, blown up since then. And it was, it was a lot of fun to be, uh, in a group that kind of felt like we were actually starting something, you know? Yeah. And it was a little crazier too. I mean, people yeah. just were on the page all the time and yeah, it was, it was more, it was interesting. And now it's still helpful. When new people join, I think, I don't know what they're going to get from it, but uh-huh. I think at the time, yeah, we, I mean, it was, it was started for, for definitely for you. And, and then for me, for like people do it out of their shed in the back that need right. help. Could you think you could start this show now? Like from scratch? Hmm. I don't know. Like just thinking about like the the duties I have as a parent, the duties I have as a employee at my work. I don't know. I think the time was right back when I did start it because I didn't have kids yet. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think I could I could do it now. Like I don't know. It, it just me being older, you know. I don't think it's something that I would look at and say, "Oh yeah, I could do that," you know. Yeah, that's a good question. Right. And what was your best? What was your best thing for promotion? I know you were always hard. Oh, what was your best promotional um, tool? Promotional tool. That's where I get lost. I I don't know. I you know I I think I got lucky. I got lucky with a lot of things. I got lucky, you know, being part of uh, a couple of the radio stations over here in Seattle, the bigger radio stations. Uh, I think the you know, the right people heard the right episode at the right time and and wanted me to be part of you know those things. So I think a large part of the success of Air Raid was due to word of mouth. And um, yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure, man. I I don't know. I get really lost in that promotional stuff. You know, you you put it on you put it on social media and and do that thing, but you know it's harder to promote, especially on like Facebook. 
uh, now. You really have to, you know, you have to pull an ad if you want anybody to see it. But uh, yeah, like I said, I, I kind of got lucky in, in that, uh, you know, I glommed on to these two radio stations over here. Uh, the CBS affiliate uh, was the last one. And, um, and they helped me out a lot with that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Were you on the station or you were on the website or? Um, no, I was, yeah, I was on their website. And then I used to do kind of on-air radio stuff kind of like a music correspondent for a show on another radio station for a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was always just grinding away at that promotional stuff. Like, you know, I would do, you know, newspaper stories, you know, ask around and, and see if people wanted to, wanted to put a spot in here, like for some of the live shows that I did, like, you know, do you guys want to, can we get an interview in the, in the paper, uh, you know, for this thing? And, you know, it was just constantly, it was constantly a grind on the on the promotional side of things. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a real pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I yeah. just got it. It's fucking exhausting. Yeah, I got an email from a publicist for these three podcasts, and it was like, "Vote for these for the best podcast of the year," and basically saying that if I was making a list, I should put these three on there. Ah, but it's so weird. Yeah, you have a publicist for your shows. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I get. I guess that makes it but you're right you're doing every, that was nothing but the independent podcast alliance is like you're doing everything yourself you're booking right. you're recording you're editing you're promoting yeah well and that's it that's yeah, the thing that's, like a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of these podcasts that are uber uber popular they have a whole team like they have a whole team of people working on this stuff like they're working on they're working on pr uh they've got bookers they've got editors they've got you know all these people that are working on these things They've got advertising, you know, ad buyers and, and things like that. So, yeah, a lot of, I mean, it's, it's basically radio now. You know, it's just radio on demand. Yeah, it's radio now. I mean, every, all these yeah. radio people are doing it. There's no way it's not. Right, right. All right, so how can people reach out to you and beg you to come back on the air? <laughs> well, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, at AirRaidNet, uh, or uh, come find me on, on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, definitely, you know, the, the show's Air Raid is still up there, so you can always listen to it. So, And that can be found air-raid.net. Now, is it, you're going to have to spend the next 10 years explaining to people why your Twitter handle is Air Raid? <laughs> see, uh, 10 years ago, I did this thing called podcasting, and I had a thing, and, yeah, uh, exactly. and my wife got sick, and my kids got older. and uh, uh, just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just don't yeah. tweet me. <laughs> right. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very well, thanks much. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's talk again. Take care. Yeah, please. All right, dude. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks to Aaron for coming on the show. Go check out more episodes of his show. If you're a podcaster, come join the Independent Podcast Alliance on Facebook. For all your shirt needs, go to our Busted Tees web store, proudlyresents.com slash shirts. Thanks to podshaper.com for doing a great job in editing this show. Go to their website, podshaper.com, and tell them I sent you so you can get half off. And if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, that would be awesome. Tell a friend, eat your vegetables, be a pal. Gotta go. Adam, we're, we're out of time for this interview.